The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the Internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is uh, 2 Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific if you're listening live, and it's whatever the hell time it is if you listen on podcast. I'm not joined by Dave Davies again this week because Dave is with his family in Whistler, British Columbia, but I am joined by Tom Craver, who is now the Senior Technical SEO Manager at Top Rank Online Marketing, who is formerly web specialist at the Rochester Institute of Technology. But then Lee Oden decided to hire him, and now he's working at top rank. Tom, congratulations about the uh, the shift, and, wel- and welcome to Webcology. Thank you so much for jumping into co-host today. Oh, my pleasure, and I'm a better man for it, too. Lee Oden's a great guy. I'm very happy to be here, too. So it's, it's, been, it's been a great move. It's been a great fit, and, you know, onward and upward to bigger and better things now. Well, absolutely. Lee is one of the nicest guys in uh, in the whole industry. He's been around, you know, he's been around pretty much since day one. Um, he's definitely, definitely one of the old hats in the industry. And um, I mean, he's just one of those guys you just can't think of enough good stuff to say about. No, you, you're exactly right. You hit it right on the head. I mean, there's we'd fill the whole hour doing that. Yeah, I've um, I've always enjoyed. Uh, hanging out with Lee and uh, learning from him. So, again, congratulations. Um, the, you're in Minneapolis. That must be kind of neat. Yeah, it's my first time in Minnesota. I'm actually I'm, I'm not out in Rochester. I, I'm working from home normally, but I'm, I've actually just came here for the week to evaluate things and do some things, and I, I kind of feel a little out of touch with the world. But uh, it's, it's been great. I, you know, I, I tweeted earlier in the week, there's nothing. You, know, you can say whatever you want about Southern hospitality. The, the Minnesotan hospitality has been really good, don't you know? <laughs> it's like it's like walking around at uh, uh, Fargo, eh? <laughs> no, no, I no, I've been I've been already chastised about that one. It's completely different. It's not Fargo. That's a bad stereotype. Apparently, it's it's Minnesotan, and, and it's it's all by itself. So, so, so tell me, Tom, um, are they really the the strongest children around and the uh, of the smartest stock? What, what was it that Garrison Keeler says in like Wobegon days? You know, I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna plead the fifth. I'm not at liberty to discuss the the innermost secrets of the Minnesotan culture. I, knew I, I will say this much: I, I feel like when I when I'm talking to everybody here, and and they all have that big accent, don't you know? And they say things like, you know, hello. I feel like I should add a to everything they say. Actually, and I don't mean to insult you there, Jim, but uh, coming off a rough week for USA Canada relations, mind you. Uh, well, you know what? We don't got as many problems with the Americans. I mean, you guys, you're talking about the women's soccer, obviously. It's not the Americans. I mean, what are you going to do? She gave you the game. What are you going to do? Say no? I mean, no, it's, nope, it's, it's a Norwegian referee that we up here in Canada have a problem with. I mean, you know what? No matter the outcome. Oh, my God. What? a Wow. I mean, like, you, it's, that, you were it on the this- final. 
uh, yeah, yeah. I've never seen can- – you know what this does though? This clearly sets up – and I know the, the, the blogosphere is already buzz about this. This sets up the 2015 Women's World Cup, which will be in Canada anyway. I mean well, this is just going to be super for that. And every friendly between our two countries from now on is going to be like seriously analyzed. Well, I don't know if you saw the ratings. It got like a 3.2 with a billion or million visitors in Canada or uh, viewers in Canada for that match alone. It was huge. The ratings. Uh, for us, this was like a Stanley Cup game. Any you know, any time a Canadian team takes on an American team, um, we're the junior cousins of this North American partnership, right? Like we're the we're the little guys with that big neighbor next door who talks really loudly. So any time. We have a chance to stick it to that neighbor in sports, you know. We're right. so into it. Um, you, you guys don't think about us. We think about you all the time. You know, we just, we just don't like you in that kind of way, Jim. <sighs> That's okay. We're used to the rejection. Besides which, we have this like really, really cute, even bigger culture called China that we're that we're saddling up to. Oh, I see. They well. like us lots. So there, there's, huh? There's a bad stereotype and joke there somewhere. I just can't find it. So we'll, and, we'll move yeah, on. And we're not going to make it because you know that uh, this goes to podcast and podcast lives forever, and so does your Gmails. Absolutely. You know what? I had to go find something that I wrote in 2006, and I mean I've gone through like three computers since then. I eh? three, four computers since then. I have no idea. I have all these discs stacked up, though, my old hard drives. I have no idea where the stuff I wrote was on any of these discs. But I knew that I'd sent it to myself. Uh, I'd sent it using Gmail. And so I actually went into my sent file and searched for it. And I found it in an email attachment back from 2006. And I was blown away impressed. And then earlier today, I read that Google is thinking of introducing Gmail, your, your, your Gmail, into your search results. And I got all buzzed out on, like, Google privacy concerns. You know, the first time they threw ads in Gmail, the entire world, who, who isn't in the know on how the ads actually work technically, was all like, oh, my God, Google's reading our email. And, you know, you, you try to sit there and tolerate that and you explain maybe later on. Now I don't know what the world's going to do. I mean, they're putting Gmail results right in regular Google search result pages off on this little sidebar there. And it's like, how much, how much trouble do they really want to put themselves in? I mean, are they looking for more attention? Because I don't think they need it at this point. <laughs> well, I mean, we have to assume. This, this, I've read several articles about this so far, and, and this has never been adequately addressed. But we've got to assume that it's only going to be your emails seen in your search feed, provided you're signed in using your Google identifying account information, yeah? So they tell us. I mean, that's but, the same. You know, they, you know mm-hmm. Google has the best engineers in the world. I, I'm not even going to try to hide that. I, I know a few of them personally. I worked with one when he was a student, actually, back at RIT. And, mm-hmm. you know, they have, I would trust them with a lot. But this is, this is a lot of security to now intermingle that stuff. And, you know, hopefully it's only going to pop in there. I mean, my biggest concern right now is making sure, and maybe that's part of the reason why it became default, but making sure your emails and your subjects and other people's information is only there over HTTPS. Because that becomes the first, you know, the first configuration I- issue that I have. Google has 74 data centers all over the place. And, and depending on which one you're connecting to, depending on, you know, bandwidth and traffic and all that stuff, you know, are, are, 
that data better be going all over an encrypted line because you don't know how many hops are in between you and their data center at this point. And there's just, there's just so many intermingling issues. And now you're searching and you're with a client or whatever and boom, all your emails pop up. You know? So I'm, I'm of two minds about this. It's convenient, but you know, what's wrong with the search inside Gmail? Indeed. Uh, but okay, let's use the example that, uh, that, 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 that Google themselves offer. You, me, everybody in our industry, um, we fly a lot. We travel lots. And um, I'm zipping through my day. I type flight into uh, the search browser, and suddenly the information I need comes up right on the right-hand side of my uh, search results, right there beside the AdWords, all the stuff I've written recently using the word flight, which includes the flight information that I'm too scattered to have remembered. I don't know. I, you know what? I'm, I'm in Minnesota this week. I come home Friday night. I'm, I'm home with my family on Saturday and Sunday morning, first thing. I'm flying from Rochester out to, to San Francisco for SES. And I have, I have stars in my Gmail, and I click a little star, and there's a little way you can sort that, and it rises up to the top. And it's all good. I can control that. I have my Google Nexus tablet with the whole Google Now stuff that organizes all this in one spot for me right now anyway, just in case I get that scatterbrained, which... You know, I, I try not to be. And I get it. Sometimes it happens. But I, I'm, I'm still not seeing this. In the search results, I'm just, I'm just not feeling a need to have Gmail in there. Okay. Um, I, don't, I don't want to beat on the dead horse. But the, the thing I was talking about in privacy earlier wasn't so much um, my fear that somebody at Google's reading it. I mean, I don't particularly care about that because they don't know me. There's very little somebody at Google can do to me as a person. They might go after my clients. But that's like, you know in the realm of tin hat foil conspiracy, unlikely, right? Right, absolutely. But I do remember when Buzz came out. And uh, I thought Buzz was amazing. The whole concept of Buzz was incredible. But, and so I was right in there. You know, I was right in there, first chance I got. And I remember that they hooked up my information without my permission. Mm-hmm. By going through my Gmail um, account and looking at who I'd changed a lot of Gmails with, they hooked me up with my ex-wife. And suddenly, our information was like, you know, um, open and available to each other. Now, you know, I don't got a big problem with my ex-wife, and I certainly don't think she has a big problem with me, but there's some stuff in her life and some stuff that I don't need to see. And there's stuff in my life that I, you know, I just don't really want my ex-wife seeing. You know, absolutely, I agree. And and for the same token, people who you know, and again, you and I, we, we we travel a lot, we speak at conferences. Um, we have a lot more people following us than we have, you know, than we are following and actually have in our contacts. And all of a sudden, I, same thing. I had thousands of people that were all of a sudden in my email contacts back then with with that whole buzz fiasco. And now, if they have some kind of cross wire, and this is what I was saying before, I trust Google engineers. I know a few of them personally, and I, I think they're great guys, but. If they cross a wire like they did with Buzz that time, you know, and that was obviously an accident. That was initially intentional, but then they called it an accident or however it really was. If an accident does happen in this whole Gmail and search results thing, you know, what what do we do about that? We get mad. We scream. We yell. We go to the FTC again, and maybe the FTC will slap Google around like they did last time over Buzz. I mean, like, Google did get slapped big time because of that mistake. Mm-hmm. They had to pay a and, fine, and they're being audited yearly on privacy issues for the next 20 years. 
But you know what? The cost of that is absolutely nothing to Google. And if they get slapped with it again, really, what's the worst the, that they're going to do to them? I mean, well, publicity. The, the I mean, that's, that's, that's the worst that happens. PR. But you know what? Who's going to stop using Google altogether? Because of well, that. there are there are a bunch of tin hat people. I'm not going to grant you. That. I mean, I'm not going to say no to that. And there's probably people that you wouldn't consider tin hat, you know, tin foil hat people as well. And there's a big trend to go away from Google, but it's still not that large. Well, again, my 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 my, my thing isn't that people are going to you know jump away from Google and go to DuckDuckGo. It's credible as DuckDuckGo is a search engine or over to Bing. It's how do people use the web and where are they more comfortable putting their information? And will people suddenly start uh, doing, um, you know, information uh, 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 referral via things like Facebook or Twitter more than they do information um, queries through something like Google, where they're asking the question instead of having a push to them? You know, the, the big thing I love about Google above the social media is social media is all about confirmation bias. You know, at least Google or a search engine is returning a set of information. And the information we want to be relevant, information we want to be pertinent to us, but at the same time, I, uh, yeah. I'm yeah, of two minds about it. I'm of two minds about it. It's just Yeah, you can, well, that's how it is with most of the stuff in the industry. Eh? Like, you know, you can see the, the usefulness of it, and then you can see the sky is falling kind of implications that may or may not happen. Yeah, it's it's and it's and we want the convenience, we want the everything, and we want our privacy, but we can't have both. And the question is, how far across either line are we willing to go? How far are we willing to stand ground and say, I want this for privacy, but I want this for convenience? And, and it's, it's that double-edged sword. And where do we fall? Well, hey, you know what? Here's a, that's a great segue to introduce what our interview segment is going to be all about. Um, I know you're not a psychopath, Tom. You know how I know. Because you got a Facebook account, I do. I Therefore, have two actually. Oh, oh wow! So you're seriously not a psychopath then? That's right. Hell, being my avatars, we are like, um, well, we're the least psychotic people around, honestly. <laughs> so, in light of the, uh, I don't, I'm not even sure to find the right word. The the, the massacres, the uh, shooting Aurora. The and the shooting last year in in uh, in, in Norway, a uh, German psychologist came up with the concept. You know, uh, sort of comparing these uh, these 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 murderers. Neither of them had uh, Facebook accounts, and so they drew the inference that if you don't have a Facebook account, maybe you've got something to hide. Maybe if you've got something to hide, maybe that something is that you're a psycho. <laughs> really? You know that's. But you can prove anything with data, right? With data, I can prove that I can hang an elephant by its tail off a cliff hanging onto a daisy. And I can prove that statistically. But, you know, so data, data is interesting like that. But, you know, there, there could be something in here. That's the whole concept, and I don't want to take it off the Facebook thing, but that's the whole concept of what, what Google is saying about Google+, right? It's supposed to be an identity service, not so much a social service. And they uh -huh. want to... to basically take all of our lives and pry it out there. They're, they're doing it publicly instead of trying to hide it like Facebook saying, oh, no, we're trying to share with your friends and connect you. But in all, in all honesty, if you, if you have one of, these things, you know, one of these accounts, you're sharing stuff and you're sharing some kind of privacy about your life at some point or the other. If you do have something to hide, you, you are going to stay right the hell away from these services, so there might be something there. Maybe, but you know what? 
who better to ask than somebody who has immersed herself in social media, who's actually written one of the books on social media marketing. Friends, we have from New Orleans, talking like a pirate, we have Lee Evans. Um, again, one of the one of the premier experts in social marketing in, in our community. She's going to be coming and joining Tom and I after the break. But, uh, you know, on our way there, we're going to take a commercial here on Webology and Webmaster Radio. So on behalf of uh, Tom Craver from uh, – on behalf of Tom Craver, who is the senior technical SEO manager at Top Break Online Marketing – this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. We'll be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com. It's good to be king. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. How far do your ads reach? You don't have to fly around the world for the right consumers and clients to find your business. What you need is profit through performance. Location 3 Media helps you to increase your brand's findability and performance. Let Location 3 Media help you create efficient and effective online marketing campaigns that fit your needs and get you results. We know every click starts a journey. Where will your brand be on the path? Visit Location3Media.com. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're the talk of the town. WebmasterRadio.fm. Thanks for listening. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. You're the host, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Radio.fm. You got half the host. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, and I'm joined by our uh, special guest host today, Tom Craver, Senior Technical SEO Manager from Top Rank Online Marketing. We'll have you now. Um, and Tom and I are, uh, you know, we're, we're lucky enough to be joined by, uh, well, actually, Lee, I don't know exactly what you do now. I've, I'm, I'm, but we're joined by Lee Evans, who's about to tell us who she is and what she does. <laughs> Well, let's see. I, I live in New Orleans now. <laughs> Most people know I used to live in Philadelphia, but I live in New Orleans now. 
and I'm still doing social media consulting, uh, primarily doing it for a bunch of really cool places on Bourbon Street right now. And uh, so that that makes life very interesting. I have to tell you that. <laughs> so, so you're so, kind of like the voice of Bourbon Street, uh, right? Probably, I guess you could kind of say that right now. <laughs> Does it get any better than that? Really, seriously? Um, well, it's, it's interesting because you know the French Quarter isn't just Bourbon Street; it's also Royal and Charters and Decatur's. So there's a lot of different interesting food here and art and festivals and. By the way, they have a festival every weekend here, even for the opening of an envelope. I'm convinced of that. (laughs) Are you kind of like the town crier of Bourbon Street? Uh, No, I don't don't know. Maybe. (laughs) Because, you know, I I do, as most people know, if they follow me, they they know I play pirate. So, you know, every now and then uh, during the the, uh, month, uh, we hang out and... We are pirates during the weekend, and so you can call us criers there. But um, it's it's definitely interesting social media wise because there's a, there's a local crowd, and then there is a tourist crowd, and the tourists just love to share the different things that my clients are putting out there between Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest. It's you know it's it's really interesting to see how a hospitality industry can use social media. Indeed. Um, indeed. Well, there's a couple controversy, controversial things about Facebook I want to jump to, but this is more a show about helping people out, helping webmasters do the right thing, promote their businesses, uh, draw more traffic to their sites and stuff. And like you just said, there's a bunch of neat stuff the hospitality industry can be doing in the social media. And... Um, Lee, you're a recognized social media expert. As, a, as I said in your intro, you'd actually written, you know, one of the books on social media marketing. Um, what did what did you learn in going to work with the Bourbon Street merchants about what the hospitality industry can do in social media that you didn't know before? Uh, well, I, it's a lot of a lot more interaction, being friendly with your customers, and you know that's. Well, of course, that's definition of hospitality being, you know, friendly. But here it's 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 different. It's a lot different here in New Orleans than it is in a lot of other places. And that has a lot to do with Katrina. And I think the thing that I learned is uh, just coming down here and, and also working with other hospitality uh, clients is that no two, no two venues are the same. They don't bring in the same kind of of people so you really do need to understand your customer base and what they what they like and what is going to get them telling other people about you and so it's it's a lot of um seeing that and understanding because they don't a lot of times they don't take the time to go onto facebook and really reply to their their audience but when they do it it just just explodes. I mean, it's it's really amazing to watch and see what happens once these um, once these these venues start to to do actual social media work. And a lot of them think that oh, it's just you know, it's just not going to work. But they haven't really given it a try yet. So that's the big thing I learned is that they have a premise that oh, we can just put up a Facebook page and everybody's going to be there. That. They actually have to work it is the thing is the turnaround thing that they don't 
they don't realize that they have to do. Okay, so you're talking. You're talking to your uh, clients or your potential clients or, you know, whomever, and you've got them to get a Facebook profile together. How hard is it to get them to do the actual hands-on work? The, uh, how do you show them that they have to do this before they, before well, they start seeing returns? It, it's more about how easy it can be because they see, oh, I have to stop. I have to get onto my computer and log in and type up stuff or put things out there. But most people these days, most owners these days, have some kind of smartphone. And now that their smartphone is start using these and making it easy, and then they can start seeing what happens with insights, that makes it a little bit easier for them to start using it. Um, and once, you, once I start showing them these things, it, they start using it more. And then they start to see what happens when they start running specials on their Facebook pages and it's drawing foot traffic into their, into their venues. I mean, how long how long do you reckon it takes to turn around and to start seeing those kind of returns? Well, we've done one with uh, a restaurant here, and once it was about two to three weeks till we really started seeing people starting to respond and start um, talking with us on the actual page, and then actually coming in and saying, "Hey, we saw something on your on the fair page." So. It's about making sure that you're being seen in these people's streams. So you have to really be constantly updating what you're doing. And when you're doing that, you know, it's, it's liking what people are putting on their pages. It's commenting back. It's emailing, responding to the emails. When people know you're there, then they start wanting to see what you're, you're contributing to their new stream and starting to want to share it and take advantage of it. So you have to be consistent about it and keep going with it. And the one restaurant here, we didn't have hardly any of a fan base. And now we've doubled that. Um, we doubled that within three weeks. And now we've, you know, now we're up like quadruples what we started with. And we just keep going and, and building that audience. So Lee, are you seeing any um, preferred network that works better than others? I mean, are you seeing a better boost from Facebook or maybe like Yelp? or uh, even Foursquare? Well, it depends on what we're looking for. If it's, if it's, the, if it's a continual returning customer, we see um, basically a lot more with Facebook because the locals look for what specials we're running and then those constantly come in. And since this is such a touristy area, um, Yelp tends to be a little bit better um, conversion for us when we start seeing people putting on reviews and we'll have people say, Hey, we saw a review on Yelp that brought you, that brought us in here. Um, because we have our, our people actually turn around and, and ask what, what brought you in here? You know, what brought you here today? Is this your first visit? Did you see us on Facebook or did you see us on Yelp? We, we ask those questions to try and get a gauge of where things are coming from. So for the tourist, for the tourist sec- section of our, our industry of these people coming in, it tends to be um, the more the review sites that bring the social review sites. So Yelp um, and, uh, you know, Lonely Traveler and Travel Planet and all these different places, even Google reviews, we, we hear that that's where these people will find our restaurant and find our information. But the recurring people, the people that are local or the people that come down two, three times a year and come back to our restaurant, they'll say, Oh, we saw what you're doing on 
Facebook. So it's two different audiences that we're dealing with there. That's really interesting. So you, you have to optimize the message then basically for, for each network's audience. Let me, let me ask the same thing in a different way now. You've been in Philadelphia a long, long time, and, and now you're down here in the Big Easy. So the question is, do you see a difference in, you know, you, you go to different regions of a country and you see different colloquialisms or different, you know, dialects or anything. Do you see differences in how people use social media between the two locations? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, here um, in New Orleans, it's kind of like, as Jim would say in the town crier, it's kind of like a rallying cry with Facebook. So, um, and, and people in New Orleans use, the, uh, use Facebook really to promote events and festivals and things that are going on a lot more than what I, what I used to see in Philadelphia. Now, Philadelphia is a much bigger um, area. It's got, a, it's got the metro area, but it's got a lot, a lot of suburbs, and there's a lot of um, space in between, uh, say, downtown Philly and Bucks County or, you know, Mont Montgomery County or Chester County which those have little minor types of, of areas, you know, like a population that consider themselves Philadelphia. Um, it's a little bit harder to get out to those areas, but here in, in New Orleans, it's easier to get to things, <laughs> kind of like New York is as well. But in New Orleans, they really do use um, the events. They use the groups. They use the fan pages to things a lot more down here than I, than I have seen in, in Philadelphia. That, for you know, when I used to live there, they they do use it a lot more down here than they and and in a different way. You know, it's more community based, like really strongly community based. And I think that really does go back to Katrina and um, how they used to use the forms and message boards here. When Katrina happened, the forms and message boards were lifelines for the people here to get out and find people and get them out of houses or find animals and get them, you know, to shelters or find places to get food or clothing or water. Those message boards, you know, the very the very essence of social media were huge down here. And I think that that really stems to the fact of how people use Facebook down here and Twitter and even Pinterest and things like that. You know, I never, ever, ever thought I'd be able to make this connection, but I'm going to do it here live on the radio. I'm, gonna, I, 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 I'm stretching for this. There was a study... And I think it's a spurious study myself, but uh, Tom and I were talking about it just before uh, we had to go to break. There was a study out of uh, Germany suggesting that people who don't have Facebook accounts, who aren't active in social media, might be psychopaths. And this is the first time and possibly the last time you're ever going to hear anybody say uh, live on radio that there are less psychopaths in New Orleans than anywhere else in, in, uh, in America. <laughs> <laughs> But seriously, Lee, you, know, you have to have seen those those reports. You have to have seen those stories in the last couple of days asking, are you a psychopath? Well, if you don't have a Facebook account, we think you might be. What the? Well, what? How does, they, how does he really know these guys didn't have Facebook accounts? I mean, they could have a different name. They could have had so many different, you know, unless they, you know, they could have gone to Internet cafes and signed up under, you know, different names. I mean, the guy was in Aurora was, you know, buying stuff online and nobody picked them up for that, you know, and they, these, they aren't, they're smart enough to, to, um, evade things for up until they do something. So what's to say they don't have, really don't have some kind of social profile somewhere. 
mean, the, the amount of research that was done to uh, come up with the conclusion. Um, I mean, this this first rule of journalism: spell stuff correctly. Second rule okay. of journalism: fact check. Third rule of journalism: remember, correlation is not causality. <laughs> like, seriously, no, it's true. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, at least, sorry, go for it. Um, I mean, it's just, I, I think that people take these long stretches and try, and like you were saying before the break, you know, you have data, you can prove anything, you know, and you, it's just the way you skew the data. And so if somebody wants to make a point, they're going to skew the data to be the way that they want the data to go. So it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to say, you know, that just because they didn't have a Facebook profile or a Pinterest account or we're putting reviews up on Yelp that they're a psychopath. I think that's a pretty long stretch. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. With with Pinterest, I can totally see it. If you don't have a Pinterest account, clearly you're a psychopath. I mean, like, <laughs> we all know that. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm go tweet that. How do you spell psychopath <laughs> in, like, 140 characters or less? <laughs> J-I-M. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, that, so that we, works. I, yeah, I'm going to take it back a little bit to, yeah, yeah. to a little more sanity and a little more uh, rationalization. Now, you were talking before about how how the community down in New Orleans is, is very big and they're 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 more communal and, and use more events. The one word I want to key in on what you said. Um, now, just a few weeks ago, Google Plus announced their whole new event thing. It was back actually a few months ago. Now it was back at Google I/O in May. So wow, how time is flying. But uh, seriously, has um, have you seen any any uptick in the use of the, the Google events since they brought them out because it integrates with email and Google Calendar and everything else? So has that been like, hey, this is cool, or is that just, yeah, yawn, it's Google+. Plus. <laughs> the only people I see like in using Google+, Plus, to be honest with you, like at least from the New Orleans perspective, is anybody that's a marketer in New Orleans, they're using Google+. Plus. I don't, I don't see... Like, or maybe tech people, more more of my tech friends might be using Google Plus because they don't like all this stuff that you see coming up in people's um, news feeds on Facebook. I don't see, and I'm just going to term it this way, normal people, everyday layman people, I don't see them using Google Plus down here. I see them using Facebook, and that is where they go to. I am going to jump in here, and uh, on this show, we've made a great deal of fun of Google+, Plus, uh, mostly because of Google's <laughs> previous missteps into, into social media. But i got to tell you, I'm actually noticing an uptick in use to Google+, Plus, especially among younger people, precisely, precisely, as you said, because they don't want to see all that junk going across there or other people's um, news streams. Uh, here's an example. Uh, you know, you know, Miranda Miller, uh, search engine watch reporter Miranda Miller. Her Facebook profile has a hilarious picture at the at the top. It reads "Hello Stalker." Um, oh, I wait see a minute! A I thought people... the psychopaths weren't on Facebook. Uh, no, the psychopaths stalk using Facebook. They just don't have their own profiles. I think that's what oh, that's that's the salient it. point that the, the psychologist <laughs> was trying to make. But um. I'm seeing a lot of younger people using Google+, or at least adopting use of Google+, because of circles, because they can specifically target whom they wish to communicate with. Maybe that's not so it's useful lot, for businesses. I think it's a lot easier to use circles um, on Google, and I think that's a big, like, that's a big plus, because to try and use Facebook security pieces, you know, like, to, to turn around and say, oh, I only want this, these people to see this, or 
Um, I only want to have, you know, this certain group of people see this particular post. It's so confusing to a lot of people. I mean, I don't, I don't know anybody that really uses uh, Facebook in that manner like they use Google+. So there is, you know, there is that ease of use that Google has over Facebook, but, I mean, I don't see it for, for a lot of these people. They just find it so much easier just to use Facebook and post things up and share it or not share it, you know. So it's, I, you're right, and I, I do see the younger people starting to use it, and they're a little bit more tech-savvy, but the, you know, the when I see people on my stream, and, and maybe it's because, you know, I'm a little bit older. I'm not a young, not a young chicken anymore. <laughs> um, not like, not like can, me and Tom, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, the, the older the older crowd is now coming into Facebook, and it's just because they're so used to it. And um, unless they get used to Google Plus, they're not going to go in there and start using it unless Google gives them a reason to make it very easy, just like Facebook is to use. What's funny? Connected to everything now. I think I think um and, and it, it, I I think you just touched on a really bizarre contradiction that the smartest kids in the room really should have picked up on. Now check us out. Circles is great for having private conversations. Circles is great for collaborative work. You know when when uh, my team and I want to work on a specific thing, we have that work group form in a circle, and then you can have like you know like a, a town hall sort of format. Um, you can have video. There's a whole bunch of great stuff that happens with with Google Plus. But for the pure fire hose of information that a lot of businesses want when they want to get a message out there, Google Plus mightn't be the right place. Yet Google has been beating up on us in the search marketing community to try to get basically trying to get our clients to start using Google Plus as a as a as a means of communication. Yet the way they set it up doesn't really work so well for businesses. Now, I, I mean, I don't see it work very well for businesses. And and it's it's just so much easier for Facebook. And when it's easy, that's when people use it. And, you know, if, if they can make it easy for our businesses to use it, a lot more would adopt it and would use it. People would use both modes of, of communication because, once something's easy, you know, some, some of your audience is going to transfer over there. So you're going to need to open up and, and use that. But until Google makes it easy for businesses as it is on Facebook, they're, you know, they're not going to move to, they're not going to move very easily. They're so, trying uh, to make it easy. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Jim. I don't know. Go for it, Tom. Please go for it. I was going to make a say they're, they're trying to make it easier. It's been, it was historically really tough, and you know, for a while it wasn't there at all. And and now they have a little. You go to your little picture of your face, and there's a menu there, like everything else, and you can pick your pages. Um, and and that's interesting. Creating a page is still hard to find, although it's not exactly easy on on Facebook either. I think the interesting thing will to see how how all the Google Maps, you know, local pages equate now as they're all getting turned over into Google Plus pages and, and people start trying to take ownership of them. If they make it easier to take ownership of it and, and, and work with it, it has a potential for taking off. But to create from scratch and start up, it really is very difficult and it, it, should, be, it should be easier than that. You think Google's minds would, would know how to do that a little better. Well, you, you know what the problem is? Uh, it's, Marissa was leaving. Like She knew she was out the door. She knew she was going. And she's like, oh yeah, Google Plus, whatever. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll put a couple circles here. But she was mailing it in. <laughs> that's, that's my guess. 
<laughs> no, I think it's what's really funny. I th- I'm going to hit on that same point, and I know I know you're kind of slightly joking there, but I I'll be very serious and say that it appears from afar, and no one really knows because they play everything so close to their chest, right? But it appears from afar. You know, Marissa was in charge of in the end of her tenure there. She was in charge of local and all that stuff, and the plan apparently was to pull all that away and put it over into Google Plus and put everything else into Android and everything else, and everything seemed to get taken away from her. And I wonder, had they included her into Google Plus right from the start, had they included her into what their forward plans were going forward, if it wouldn't have been better out of the gate? Well, that's I, I, I am convinced it would have been better out of the gate. I mean, I remember her giving, giving a talk to SES many, oh, many moons ago, and when she was talking about um, how, they, how people are, when they want to learn the dance steps, they don't want to look at a PDF or they don't want to read a blog post. They want to watch it on video. And she was very, very poignant and, and to the, I mean, really right on with how people are using this technology and they want to make it easy. And, you know, when she was there and doing that stuff, it was very easy to adapt and use this stuff. And it just seems since they lost, launched Google Plus, I mean, I looked at it when it first came out. I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah, okay, it's just marketers, you know, basically spamming Google Plus at this point in time. When it gets more serious and easier for my clients to use, then maybe I might give it a serious look over. But until then, you know, this is just another place to put spam, you know, and not even interested in in going there where, you know, Facebook keeps constantly reinventing and looking at how people are using Facebook I'm making it, trying to make it easier for you to incorporate things. Yeah, and uh, okay, we really do got to go to break. It's funny, it's, it's, I, I, we're talking about Marissa Mayer, so I want to talk about all this. I, I am a huge, huge admirer of Ms. Marissa Mayer. Um, she was, she was Google's uh, interface and use, you know, usability design um, gatekeeper. Uh, and, you know, but we can talk a lot about that more in a few minutes. But before we do, we got to take a break here at Webcology at WebmasterRadio.fm. So on behalf of uh, Tom Craver from Top Rank Online Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. We're joined by Lee Evans, who is the uh, social media town crier of Bourbon Street in New Orleans, Louisiana. <laughs> and friends, we're going to be back on Webcology after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. How much time do you spend on SEO research and competitor analysis? What if we told you that there was an easier, faster way? Searchmetrics SEO software propels you to top positions on search engines around the world with our unique global search, social, and competitive data in over 60 countries. Gain a competitive advantage today 
with searchmetrics.com. That's searchmetrics.com. Let's go inside the Webmaster Radio.fm production studio, where the production team is stitching up podcasts to load up into the Webmaster Radio.fm Stitcher channel. Rock on, Laurie, and rock the world with LinkedIn. Welcome to Domain Masters, a show where you learn to be the master of your domain. Yeah, I want to welcome you to this edition of the SEO Rockstars. Hi, this is Bennett Kelly, and you're listening to the Cyber Law and Business Report. And welcome to CEO Coach. Listen to all of your favorite WebmasterRadio.fm podcasts without downloading. Only on the WebmasterRadio.fm Stitcher channel. Just click on the Stitcher banner on our website. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Outreach Media, joined by Tom Craver from Top Rank Online Marketing and Lee Evans uh, down in New, or- New Orleans, Louisiana. Before we get back to talk about social media, I want to talk about an even more fun social event that's coming up in just a few days. Um, unfortunately, I'm not going to be there, but Search Engine Strategies San Francisco, Connected Marketing Week San Francisco is coming up next week. Down there in the city by the bay, San Francisco, and Webmaster Radio is going to be there with one of its absolutely legendary parties. Search Bash returns to SES. Uh, Brasco, you've been doing so much organizing for Search Bash. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about what's going to be happening and what they got to do to sign up? Okay, so Search Bash is coming up on Tuesday the 14th. It's right after the first day of the expo and uh, all the major sessions go on. Um, we want to go and thank out, first of all, the sponsors are going to be a part of this. We want to thank Critio, Right IMC. We want to thank uh, Internet Marketing Ninjas and Authority Labs for making this all possible. Um, the party, we're expecting, you know, over a 1,000 people for sure. They're going to be joining us at Club 1015, 1015 Folsom Road, or Folsom in the heart of the south of Market Street District. Um, live entertainment, live music. Uh, we'll have drinks flowing. Um, haven't heard a whole lot of what the party is going to be about. Uh, only thing I've heard about is something in the effect of search night out. But there are some big surprises that are in store that I have heard about that I can't tell Jim that I can't tell anyone. They are being Aww, held under lock you, and key. You can tell. You can tell me, George. I'm not going to tell forty thousand <laughs> people or so. I promise. One other thing to just to let you know, um, we have streamlined and we have gone eco-friendly when it comes to the RSVP process. Real quick. Go to searchbash.com and RSVP individually. Every person must go ahead and sign up there so we can let you in. Do it as far in advance as possible so we'll have you on the list. Um, Once you come there, if you have the confirmation on your smartphone, you don't have to bring a paper if you don't have to. If you have your smartphone and you have the code, we're going to be able to scan everyone in the door to make it a lot faster for everybody to get into the door, get the parting right away. Now, I, I, I just got to say for a second time, uh, you need to sign up to Search Bash to get in the door, and you need to get in that door. So, searchbash.com. part of SES. I mean, all the networking you know, aside, I mean, it, it, that, that's what you go to the conference for. But there is nothing, and I mean nothing, like the networking you do at Search Bash. It is, it, it's everybody you want to connect with, and you're doing it in a fun atmosphere, and I'll be honest, 
search bash in Brasco, you're not you're you're hiding everything, and that's cool because we always look forward to what the cool thing is. But there's always something fabulous at search bash. There's always a theme or something really cool that you just can't miss, and you talk about it the rest of the conference after. It is the premier party. In and am I the only one who's going to be there now of the three of us that are here? Am I the only one that's going to... I mean, Brasco, of course, going to be there, but Jim, you said you're not going to be there, and Lee isn't no. going to be there. I'm not going to be able to no. make it down this year. Not and, this and, year. And Lee knows something about parties at this point, I'm sure. <laughs> well, you know, we, we, we have this drink down here called the Hand Grenade, <laughs> and, and that's a party all in itself, so <laughs> maybe one of these days we'll give... Uh, We'll get Darren, Darren and Brandy to to get some hand grenades up there and to a uh, search bash. <laughs> well, come to think of it, what, what what how come there's not many conferences held in New Orleans anymore? Well, you know the the um uh the webmaster the webmaster conference used to be here when it first started, and then they moved it to I think Florida, and then it went out to Vegas. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know, and this is a wonderful city to have a conference in. I'm not just saying that because I live here, but you know, we should have a search conference down here. <laughs> I agree. Um, I'm all for it. Also, add in here yeah, anything like go. search um, bash, press know, release, or the audio ad the company. So I really want. I so badly want to go down, but we're in the middle of this big contract, and I'm Mister Neurosis Boy. Boy, it's awful. <laughs> So, we're rounding out. We got about we got about four minutes left before we have to we have to go to news and stuff. Um, Lee, you are working with a group of businesses that, um, well, you know, the, the necessity of using social media to rebuild after the after the disaster. Um, it's, it's pretty clear to use the internet and social media to rebuild, but nevertheless. You've probably got like groups of people who are uh, who are new to this environment. How, how, how do you do? You approach them on a store by store basis, or do you like to go to them? Go to them as a big group. Well, a lot of times, what it is is they've seen what I've done with different different groups, different uh, groups and, and fundraisers and things that I've you know helped out with, where they didn't have the technology. Like the, for instance, the the pirate group that I'm involved with, they had a flash site, and you couldn't find. Their site in Google because guess what? Last site can't find any information about their events. So, you know, move them over to a new platform, WordPress platform that they can put anything out on. And, you know, it doesn't take a lot of my time. It just helps them out. And then that passes on. And that teaches just doing something like that teaches other organizations, oh, look what we can do to get the word out. And it just, it goes, it's around here, it's very word of mouth. Travel very, very much by word of mouth in in New Orleans, and that's why social media works so well for these businesses and these organizations because people pass on the knowledge in in social media. They want to share the knowledge. They want to be the ones out there that have that. Oh, I'm first with that information, and I'm sharing it with my friends, so I look really cool. Feeling um, so that's why social media really works well down here. I, at least that's my belief. Now, looking back at your experiences with uh, with the group that you're working on in, in, in the quarter, you've been doing this for uh, five, six months now, uh, more or less. Am I am I right? It's almost eight now. I'm I'm, I'm surprised at that. It's time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> I was gonna say time flies when you're watching someone else have fun. Um, 
a few months, uh, uh, you know, two-thirds of a year into it, what would you do differently? Is there anything, any missteps you took that now you've got 2020 hindsight you'd have done differently? A would probably be trying to get everybody a little bit more organized because it's, it's a lot of people have do a lot of different jobs for, for people. Um, you know, they have a lot of different, you know, hats that they wear. And that's common across a lot of different uh, businesses. It's not just um, one person doing just one job. They're doing four or five different jobs. So trying to get a handle on that, that's about the thing that I would know because they have inside knowledge that, you know, you don't realize they know until you start digging in. So, you know, it's 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 what you have in pretty much any organization, but probably myself just learning a little bit more about the ins and outs of how these organizations work and what already people are doing and what they have done and who in the organization is pretty social media savvy because you can use them to help promote you even more. And that's just a resource that you have. A lot of times you don't find or know those things right out of the gate. And then once you start to get in, you know, be able to discover those people first. That's my hindsight. If I can discover those people first, it helps out a lot, lot better. Wow. Lee, pearls of wisdom. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, it's, I'm, it's funny. I'm listening to what you're saying because I'm learning. I mean, it's one of the beautiful things about doing the show is you get to learn uh, every week from, like, like amazing experts. So we're, we're blessed to be able to do this show. But we also got to think of what we're going to say next. So pearls of wisdom, that's the best I could come up with because I was listening too closely. Lee Evans, um, if people want to engage with you, I mean, really quickly, this is the last question for you because we really do got to go to the news. But uh, how do they get a hold of you? How, are you taking new clients? Do you want people engaging with you in New Orleans? Yeah, sure. Um, they can go to my website, which is the Lee Social, D-A-L-I, social.com. Or they can find me on LinkedIn, you know, Leanna, L-I-A-N-A, Evans. And that's how they find me on Facebook, too. You can find me on Facebook and help out, you know, just say, hey, I heard you on the radio, I want to talk to you, and, um, you know, find me on Facebook that way, too. Well, and, you Lee, know, let's plug her book, too, because we share a publisher, and I, I want to thank Lee for that, too, but social media marketing, it's uh, put out by Pearson, red and white cover, you got to get that, it's a fabulous text. Thank you, guys. Yeah, Lee, thank you so much for being on the air. Tom, thank you for that catch. Uh, by the way, uh, Tom Craver from uh, Top Rank Online Marketing. Thank you so much for jumping in today at last minute uh, to, you know, give me a hand taking over from uh, from Dave, who's riding his bicycle vertically down a mountain today. Oh my goodness! Well, it's my pleasure. I'm, I won't be riding the bicycle, but if you need me for anything else, fill in here. I, I'm your man. I thank you for having me, Jim. Well, actually, we know you're going to be like all over SES next week as a reporter for Webmaster Radio. That's going to be amazing. I look forward to hearing your reports. And friends, we're done. That's it. We've gone for another hour. So again, on behalf of Tom Craver from Top Top Rank Online Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. But this is Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the uh, well, I don't know more or less the ninth uh, of August. Stay tuned to WebmasterRadio.fm. Incredible content coming up after the news. Thanks, guys. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs. 
Business. On demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm.